0: Thank you, God, for your goodness toward us, Lord God, your goodness that overcomes our not-so-goodness, Lord. We thank you for revealing uh, your truth, your life to us. We thank you for coming near, coming into our broken system, Lord, uh, to restore, to renew, to make things good again, to make us good again, Lord God. We thank you for that commitment. We thank you that you are reigning and ruling and that you will get it done. Lord, we thank you for the good work you've begun in us. Uh, we, We draw close to you because we've tasted that you're good. And some of us here, maybe we've just heard that you're good. Lord, we ask that you would help us to know for ourselves that you are good so that we'll draw close, hear your word through your text, through your spirit, Lord God. We ask you to come, to to speak to us, to open our ears, Lord God, to help us to hear you. We get distracted easily. Uh, Sometimes we get a little hard of hearing, God. We ask that you would open our our ears to hear what you're saying to us this morning. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and take a seat. It's sunny. I just saw the sun break through there. I'm liking it. There's sun around. You can move around during the service. That's, That's allowed. All right, so um, the mixer question, whose voice do you love hearing? And uh, right before the mixer question came up, Matthew, um, our freshman, and uh, our son, he, uh, he found out that uh, he's not going to be going to class this morning, but he's going to be in here. And he said, oh, that means I need to listen to you, Dad. <laughs> Classic. And it's actually true that teenage brain, biochemically has an aversion to their parents in this, this developmental stage. I, I read about this recently. What's that? Their voice. their voice. They They don't want to hear it. And so our voices, again, I'm told anyway. The voice that stood out for me is, and this is not a get back at Matthew, but the voice is, is Emma's voice because she's not living close to us. She lives far away, so we don't hear her that often. But once in a while, she'll call kind of out of the, out of the blue you know, maybe she's going to class or something, and it's just a great surprise. One, it's a surprise, two, it's a nice voice, and there's like this emotional nice like, ah, Emma, good to hear you sort of thing. She's one of the voices I love hearing. Of course, today we're going to uh, focus on hearing the voice of Jesus, and we're stepping out of our first John series to focus on this topic because As many of you know, we have a big decision before us uh, to join Hillside or not. And at the end of the day, whatever our preference is, whatever our friends want or don't want, you know, at the end of the day, what we truly want is what the Lord wants. We know that He's good and that He will lead us into goodness. And the challenge and the, the opportunity for us is to listen and tuck in behind Jesus. And follow him. So, thought this was a good time to do something about hearing the voice of Jesus. Now, I have heard uh, from a couple of people uh, in my life who I really trust who have told me that they have heard the audible voice of Jesus. Um, more commonly, I've uh, I'm familiar with people. Uh, The Spirit of God in them bringing something to mind. It could be a spirit, it could be uh, some clear directions on a specific situation. Um, But however he does it for you, sometimes through pictures, uh, sometimes by another person or circumstance, however he does it, God is speaking to his people. He's a speaking God. In the beginning, God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. This is his creative activity. This is what he does. He is a relational God. And a big part of relationship is being able to speak and listen to one another. And God draws us into this kind of relationship. Now here's the deal, it's twofold. One, not only does God speak, but what he tells us is good. And we don't always believe that second part. Right? It can be it can be challenging Uh, When we feel like the Lord is leading us to do a particular thing that is difficult, that maybe we don't, you know, if it were just up to us, uh, we don't want to do that. Now, back in March when we announced that we were exploring Joying Hillside as one church, I shared uh, some of my experiences, you know, uh, since I became a Christian when I was 23, how God has spoken, led me, Uh, And then after I got married, led Becky and I into some new things and that they were challenging and that they were, end of the day, good. And I'm thankful that we followed him. So two things. One, God speaks. He's a living God. Uh, Christianity is not a philosophy that we follow. It's not a set of principles or ideas that we just kind of program into our lives. It is a relationship with the living God, the creator God, who is in his very being a relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, through all eternity. God draws us into that by his voice. He calls us, and he continues to speak. He leads us into life. Um, So following today, following Jesus today, listening to his voice, following him, it really is like walking, and it's challenging to walk with only one foot. If you've ever broken a leg, um, you know, you're kind of hobbled. Matthew has a stress fracture, and so he's got this boot, and it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know steady on those stairs. But uh, if you're walking around with one foot, it takes a lot of energy, and it's just not, you know, it's hard to go in the flow. It's hard to adjust, you know. You can follow, especially if it's your left foot. All right, so following Jesus today takes two feet, all right? One foot is, let's just say your left foot. Left foot is uh, listening to, uh, I'm sorry, is knowing, getting to Scripture, and knowing what Jesus has already said. There's a lot of direction that Jesus has already given us. Where, you know, it's clear, it's simple, it's direct. He's told us a lot of things. Some big things. Here's Here's a sampling, right? And if you're looking for, hey, I'm just getting to know Jesus, I'm not sure where to look, look at Matthew 5 through 7. That's the Sermon on the Mount. It's a great place to start. All right, here's some things that Jesus has clearly already told us to do. This is your left foot walking, following Jesus. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other one also instead of striking back. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Just keep your word. Uh, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who persecute you. Challenging stuff, but clear, right? Ask, seek, knock. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you give, it will be measured to you. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry. Focus on seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Abide in me and I will abide in you, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Lots of things to do to live out already. Alright? So that's your left foot, walking to follow Jesus. Alright. Right foot. Following Jesus is doing what he's already said, but it's also getting to know um, his voice, the voice of God through the Spirit. Now, here's the wild. In heaven, see at the right hand of God. Where else? Yeah. Here, present, in you and me. Where two or three are gathered, there I am. He's with us in by the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. God is in you. God is on his throne. He's right here. And he's not mute. He's speaking. He's talking to us. All right, so we, we need to learn to Uh, seek that specific guidance for specific situations. God has given us a lot in his word, and he gives us guidance in specific situations. Listen to Jesus' words in Revelation 3.20. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Here I am. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is knocking, asking you to open the door of your heart, your life, to him. To be one with him, to fellowship with him. And if you've done that already, then John fourteen twenty is true for you. Where Jesus says, I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. We are brought in close. How how much closer can you get? He's in you. We are in him. He's in the Father. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit together. And then once you're in that relationship, we live now right foot by following his voice, his lead. Listen to to what Jesus said in John 10, 14 and 27. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. He knows you. And my sheep know me. You know him. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And where does he lead us? Same section. I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Jesus, the good shepherd, the king, the savior, God with us is ready to lead you into more fullness of life. And the beauty is he takes you wherever you are. Wherever you've been this week, restart right now. Boom. Come follow me, he says. Trust me. Learn to seek my voice, follow me, and I will lead you into more fullness of life. Mark and Jenny Boucher gave me this book, uh, it's a cool little book. It's called God Guides. Now, it's kind of a cheap kind of, not, the cover, it's kind of like, really? And so it sat on my desk, honestly, for a while. I got a big stack of desks. People always give me books. But it was there for a while. And then, you know, we're in this process of exploring Hillside. I was like, okay, that, that, that's a good title. Let's get into that a little bit. Let's just see what's there. And uh, so I got into this. It's by this gal, Mary Gee. G-E-G-H, maybe geek. Let's go with geek. And uh, she, is, uh, she was a missionary in India from 1924 to 1962, all right, from the Reformed Church of America. Not a real charismatic Pentecostal-type, whoo, Holy Spirit-type church, all right? But God did some cool stuff in and through her. Listen to her experience with me. A uh, couple samples here. She says, when I went to India and started to work in a village, I found many things very wrong. I preached to the people. I prayed for them. But I did all the talking. Sometimes I pleaded with God a whole night for a person to change and to turn from the power of Satan to the power of Christ. Nothing seemed to happen. Then one day, Dr. Scull, if anyone felt the need and wanted help, come to the prayer hall. One man came. That's about right when you call a prayer meeting, by the way. <laughs> all right. Anyway, one man came. He told Dr. Scudder he had broken all the commandments except one. He had not killed anyone. All right. So he poured out all of his troubles to Dr. Scudder. Then Dr. Scudder said, let's be still and wait on the Lord. He has the answer for every problem. Then they sat together in silence. And during that silence, the man began to feel some convictions about the wrongs he was doing. God was stirring his heart. And that came, and this came with a desire to repent, not just, uh, I've done wrong, but, oh, I want to get out of this. He ended up surrendering his life to Christ. People saw real changes in his life, and that made them want to start this listening prayer time thing also. Then after this, the people said to me, this is to Mary, See, you have worked here so hard for over a year, but none of us changed. Dr. Scudder came in here for one week, and now we are all changed. All right, yeah. Thanks. All right. So I asked Dr. Scudder, how do I begin to have the power of the Holy Spirit to help people? He told me the first step is to wait, to be still, and to listen, right? Wait. Don't freak out. Wait. Be still and listen. Um, That's number one up here. Wait, be still, listen. And then, you know, be definite about your sins, he told her, daily, Confess and turn away from your sins. That stuff just gets in the way of you hearing the Lord. And then with a notebook and pencil, all right, get your notebook and pencil out, write down the things that the Holy Spirit speaks to your mind with a determination to obey. Not just hear, but to obey it. Number three, do what God tells you to do. And then the rest of this little book is filled with all these crazy, amazing little stories of her, how God used her in that and helped others come into that Listening relationship with God also. All right, here's the gist of it. When we listen, when we listen, God speaks. When we obey, God acts. And when God acts, things change for the better. Things change. Now, this shouldn't surprise us because we see it all over Scripture. Scripture. This is the first example I found um, for this particular phrase that is repeated. It's called inquiring of the Lord. Genesis 25, 21 through 23. Isaac, so Abraham had a child named Isaac. um, Then he grew up and he got married to um, Rebekah. And here we go. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. And the Lord answered his prayer. And his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. And the babies, so twins here, jostled with each other within her. And she said, why is this happening to me? So she went to, the, to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations, this is wild, two nations are in your womb. Two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. That's a big old topic there. But the key here is that what did she do when she was in Stress when she was worried when she was afraid she inquired of the lord she stopped she listened she sought his voice and his word that's the pattern again and again and again when the israelites as a nation when they inquired of the lord when they sought his voice and followed him what happened good things god poured out his blessings and when they stopped doing that what happened Things fell apart, right? Just like in the beginning, God gave us this beautiful garden. We had everything we needed, including a tree of life. Man, that must have tasted good. And he said, yeah, one limit. Uh, Don't eat from this tree or it will kill you. So what did we do? We ignored his voice. It was very clear what he said. They ignored it. They ate it. And we're in the catastrophe called the curse ever since. Thank you very much. All right. Adam and Eve, wherever you are. All right. Of course, we would have done it. Next generation would have done it. And yeah, we're still doing it. Okay. Uh, God gave Israel the promised land. And when he led them in, he didn't just say, hey, there you go. Empty. You're welcome. He's like, you got to go in and fight for it. You got to go take possession of it. And when they listened to the Lord sought his voice, and obeyed each step of the way he brought them victory. Went to Jericho, and God gave them this crazy strategy that they wouldn't have come up with on their own, right? March around the city, yell, walls come down. Whoa. Okay, so they go to the next city, AI, AI, AI. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, man, God's with us. We'll just go in there. We'll we'll use our customary conventional wisdom Uh Military strategy. They go in there, they get whooped. Because they didn't do what? They didn't inquire of the Lord. They didn't wait and listen and then obey. And then after that defeat, they were like, oh, God, what happened? And they're starting to listen, right? That prompted their their hearing. That happens to us, right? Disaster. Something hard comes. And that's an opportunity for us to draw close to God. They did it. He gave them this ambush strategy. Brilliant. And they won the victory. All right, David, when he was successful, he... he regularly inquired of the Lord before taking action. And when his, at his apex, he stopped listening. And things went downhill. You got the picture. So the opportunity for you and me, this is the good news. That same God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the creator God is calling you and me into this living, dynamic relationship where we not only try to live out the words that he's already clearly spoken but that we draw close to him in moments of decision and situations and conflicts and difficulties, and we stop. We don't just act on our own and do what's right in our own eyes or flesh or feelings or whatever. We stop and we ask him, Lord, what are you saying? I need to hear from you. If I step and act without you, it's not going to work out well. Show me the way, Lord. Lead me, Lord. When we listen, God speaks. When we obey, God acts. And when God acts, things change for the better. There's the opportunity. So let's get into the nitty-gritty of how to do this. Are you ready? Okay, we've been walking around with left foot. Maybe some of you just left foot. Hey, I know what Jesus said. I'm just trying to live that out. Okay, now start walking with your right foot also, and all of a sudden you can move smoothly. Yeah, all right. It's it's easier with two legs. All right, so how do we actually walk with that right foot also? How do we listen to the voice of Jesus and follow him? Step one, we heard already, but I'm going to add a little tidbit here. Step one, wait. Be still. Listen. Don't just talk. Listen. And what often happens with me is I'll go and I'll listen. And, you know, sometimes I don't like what I hear. Uh, because I haven't surrendered to God. So we're going to add that important phrase. Maybe it's a clause. I'm not sure. English majors will tell you. Step one, wait. Be still. Listen. Surrendered to God. you got to come to this place where you're like, I'm real, I'm willing to go where you want to go, Lord. Uh, you know better than me. You are better than me. I'm going to go with, with your plan, Lord. And then sometimes maybe that's not true. You're just kind of... Then you just pray, Lord, help me surrender to you. Help me trust you. All right, wait, be still, listen, surrendered to God. Now, sometimes when I pray, I don't know if this happens to you, Trey, but I'm a little distracted, right? I'm a little, I got this thought, this thought, and, you know, it's hard to bring it in. If you're in that situation, a go-to prayer is the Lord's Prayer. The disciples ask Jesus, hey, teach us how to pray. This can kind of just focus your mind. You know it, right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's in your bulletin. There's a couple slight variations, the one in Luke, the one in Matthew. Here's the one we're going to use today. So, to get ourselves in this place of waiting, be still, listening, surrender to God, think of this phrase, our Father in heaven. Say it with me, the prayer. Our Father in heaven. Our Father. Isn't that wild? Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, and he Tells them, tells us to refer to God, the creator, all powerful, everlasting, the one who, you know, flung stars and galaxies off his fingertips, to refer to him as our father. What does that tell you about God? He wants you to call him his, your father. Maybe it depends on what kind of dad you had, right? The ideal dad, a loving, protective, wise dad, right? He wants you to think of him like that. That's the ideal father. Um, Think of him as your father, a father you can trust, uh, a father who has made a way for you to be able to come back into right relationship with him, A, a father whose love casts out all of our fears if we let it sink into us. A father we can trust. If you know that he's good, if you've tasted that he's good, then we can pray this next part from our hearts. Let's do this next line. Our father, let's do it together. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. May your name be reverenced and honored as holy and good like it is. And let that begin with me. It's a reminder of his goodness, his holiness, his purity, his perfection. He is the source of all good. Anything good that you experience has its origin in him. He's the fountainhead of all goodness. So that reminds us, hey, uh, this is a good one to surrender to. Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay, I'm here. I'm ready to wait and listen. Um, and be surrendered to you. Alright, so it starts there. Uh, then the next line. What's the next line? You know it. Your. Let's do it. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. That's a prayer of surrender, right? Your kingdom, your rule and reign come. Not my rule and reign. Not Gary's. Your rule and reign come here on earth as it already is perfected in heaven, in the God realm. You know, we're bringing that down. We're calling that down. And first of all, it begins with you and me. God has given you a domain. He's given you some responsibilities and some freedom, some potential, some possibilities, some gifts. He's given you a domain. And so when you pray, your will be done On earth, it's like saying, Your will be done in my domain, this domain that you've given me. It's a prayer of surrender. I want you to be king over my life, over my decisions, over my resources, over every area of my life, because I believe you're good. You've shown me that you're good. Um, And as you do this, you recognize His goodness more and more. He brings more good out. This is surrender. This is trust. Remember James, John, and Peter? Jesus comes along. He does some things with their fishing nets. They get a sense that, whoa, this guy is is good. This might be the Messiah. And he says, come follow me. And what do they do? They leave it and go with him, they surrender. To follow Jesus, to to move from where they were to wherever Jesus goes, they had to surrender their plan, their projects, their um, whatever, their, their stuff, to follow him. They had to surrender it all. That's what it looks like to follow Jesus. Following Jesus is surrender, surrendering to his goodness, to his way, to his timing. Same today. Now, the contrast to that, we have a great contrast to that is... This guy, uh, the rich young ruler, all right, he comes up to Jesus, has a question. Hey, how do I get eternal life? They wrestle with that a little bit. And then at the end of that, Jesus says, hey, if you want to be perfect, if you want to be complete, if you really want this, sell everything you have and come follow me. Leave your stuff. Surrender it and come follow me. Join us. And what did the guy do? He thought the good that he had already outweighed the good that Jesus might lead him into. It's tragic, right? So we have this contrast. This is the choice for you and me every day. Every day. This is not just for big decision stuff. This is for everyday stuff. Wait, listen. Surrender to God. All right, that's step one. This is how we follow Jesus into more fullness of life. Is by waiting, being still, listening, surrendering to God. One phrase to capture this, uh, it's in your bulletins up here Lord Jesus, I want, it's a desire, that's an affection thing, I want to do your will. I want to do your will. That's a place of surrender. Then you're ready to hear, then you're ready to receive what he says to us. Let's say it together, Lord Jesus, I want you to do your will. Lord Jesus, I want to do your will. Wow, that's surrender. He must be really good to want to do that in your life. You sure you can trust him, right? He's given us a lot of reasons to. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I want to do your will. Help us do that, Lord Jesus, more and more today, this week, Lord God. Help us, Jesus, follow you into life and not miss out. All right, now, if you've done this a few times, something happens pretty often. (laughs) Well, I, I don't know. It happens. Be ready for this. You go to the Lord. You need to hear from him. You're ready to hear from him. You want to hear from him. And... The first thing he does is he points out some sin in your life. You have a question about this, this decision, this action, this conflict, how to respond. And you come and he's starting to bring to light something that you don't really want to talk to him about, which is your sin. Things we've done wrong against God and others. Things we've failed to do that God told us to do. This is step two. All right, You're not going to get very far We won't get very far in this unless we regularly practice step two, which is to confess. We hit this last week, but to confess and turn away from sins. Acknowledge them and turn away from them. And this may be why some people don't do this very often. You know, if you go to the Lord, ready for Him to search you and speak to you, you got to be ready for Him to Put his finger on something in your life that he's been trying to put his finger on for a long time. All right, He wants you me to deal with that first. There's a cool little passage in Matthew 5 uh, where Jesus says, if you're on your way to offer a gift to the, on the altar, if you're on your way to worship God, to come into his presence, and you remember that somebody has something against you, what are you supposed to do? stop. Before you go to the altar, before you go worshiping Jesus, go back and be reconciled to that person. Do what you can do to deal with that situation. God calls us to deal with our sin, to deal with broken relationships. And in this this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, we have a good line here for this. It goes like this, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Forgive us, Lord, for our own sins. He's not shocked. Forgive me, Lord, for my sins. I acknowledge him. Yes. Darn it. Forgive me, Lord. Help me turn away from that. Forgive me, and um, I need to forgive others. I need to forgive others. There's another Mary Gee story here. All right, she writes, sometimes I found myself disliked by a colleague. My inclination was to shrink away and stay away from those who disliked me or disagreed with me. All right, I can relate to that one. And I I learned to take everything to God in prayer by this point. And so my part was to go to him and obey however he guided me. I got still, I waited, I listened, and then this came to my mind. The phrase, if anyone has anything against you, go first. Be reconciled to them. Ask the Lord, how do I begin? That's great. You know, good follow-up question. The answer that came to my mind, with yourself. Okay. So she asked, am I all to blame? Is it all my fault? Uh, The answer that came to her, face your 5%. Good alliteration there, too. Face your 5%. Forgive if you have anything against her. By the next day, I was ready to go humbly to my colleague and ask her to forgive me for the sin, the 5% in me that separated us. She did not answer. Then I said, Will you pray for me? She replied, No. Next morning, there was one steady thought in my mind if you have anything against anyone, forgive. That evening, she came to me and said, I am the one who needs to be forgiven. I could answer with a grateful smile, you are forgiven. She was ready to forgive this colleague. From that day on, we started to work together with great joy. For others, we no longer even noticed each other's faults. Uh, the Christian fellowship, friendship has grown throughout the years, etc. cetera. All right. Not, not easy stuff, right? Not always what we want to hear. But when we wait and we're still and we listen, we're surrendered to God, when we confess, deal with our sins, Our 5%, even if it's a small thing, but they did all this. Nope, deal with your stuff. Forgive our sins, Father, as we forgive those who sin against us. And in your bulletin up here, I have a couple ways to do this. This is just kind of standard. How do I do this? Easy prayer. Forgive me, Lord, for whatever that wrongdoing is, whatever that failure is. Um, Forgive me, Lord, for blank. And repentance. I take that off now, and I choose to follow you. Help me do that, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord. All right? So we go through this. And how do we forgive others? Now, this is, this is good. I, I like this thing here. The rest is okay, but this is really good. All right, this is from uh, Freedom in Christ class. Sometimes I think, okay, I, have to, I need to forgive that person... Before I go to that person, I need to forgive them before God. So This is how you do that. Lord, I forgive so-and-so. Let's say Jimmy. I forgive Jimmy. There's no Jimmy's here. Lord, I forgive Jimmy for this, whatever they failed to do, all right, which made me feel this. In the name of Jesus, I release them. I release them, and I ask you to bless them. This is how we release this stuff. This is how we forgive. Forgive us our sins, Father, as we forgive those who sin against us. Now at this point, before we go into steps three through five, we're going to have an opportunity to do this. I'm going to give you a moment to wait, be still, listen. Maybe the Lord is bringing something to mind. Let's confess, repent, let's ask forgiveness. Let's deal with that so that we can hear him in the second part. So we're going to do that by taking communion. Communion is the way for us to um, get right with God. It's a great way for us to get right with God. So this is what happened on that night before Jesus went to the cross to pay the punishment for your sins in full so that you could come into the presence of God, so that he can come into your life. So before that night, uh, on that night before he went to the cross, he was with his friends And it was the Passover meal, celebrating when God rescued them from slavery in Egypt. He's about to rescue them from slavery to sin and death. So during the meal, he took bread and he gave thanks for it. He broke it and he gave it to them and he said, Take and eat. This is my body. So if you're ready to receive his forgiveness for your sins, what he's done for you, receive the bread which symbolizes his body laid down for you and your sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Then he took the cup. He gave thanks for it and he offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, this new covenant, this new commitment to you, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you, Jesus, for your blood poured out for our sins, Lord. We receive this. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Jesus, for canceling the sin debt that separated us from you. We thank you, Lord, that we can now call you Father. You are not distant and far away. You are in us. You are with us. We are in you. We praise you, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your loving sacrifice, Lord. And, Lord, help us to get serious about sin, not let it slide, not ignore it, not deny it or minimize it, Lord God. Help us be a people who deal with it quickly, receive your forgiveness, your cleansing, repent, and move on. Lord, strengthen us. For those of us that are a little bit stuck, Lord Jesus, we ask for strength by your Spirit to help us do the good things that you call us to do, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Help us surrender more fully to you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to have some more time during this last song to, you know, get before God, let him deal with you. Um, But now we're at this state where, you know, we're surrendered. We're humble, right? Taking communion is humbling. We're acknowledging our failures and our foibles, um, our sin. Now surrendered, humble, and cleansed, we are now ready to hear the Lord. Okay? So step three now is to ask the Lord and listen to Him. Ask and listen. In the Lord's Prayer, we can use this phrase give us today our daily bread. That's a very rudimentary, functional, basic ask, right? Provide for our daily needs, Lord. All right? But we know that Jesus has also called us to ask, seek, knock, to bring ourselves to Him in every situation, to ask for guidance. To um, help us in the way, Lord. To to help us not react sinfully, but to uh, walk humbly, uh, submitted to him. So we go to him for all of our needs. We bring all of our emotions, our minds, our distress, our anger. uh, We can bring it all to him. And wait, and be still, and listen, surrender to him. Confessing our sins, our sinful reactions, turning away from those things and asking him the question we need answer to, the direction we need, the guidance we need. Ask the Lord and listen to him. And I gave you a few examples of that already. But the beauty is we can do this in every, every situation, in the big decisions. Right? This isn't just big decision stuff. But it is big decision stuff. It's also in the day-to-day. I'll give you examples of some big decisions. Big decision, okay, it's, it's, maybe you're tired of hearing about Hillside, but it's, it's the big decision. All right, and I looked at my, <laughs> my journal, because I have a little journal, and this helps me focus, settle down, and listen to God. Uh, back in November 23, started to get this idea about maybe exploring this thing with Hillside. And I wrote down, hey, it would be a big change, Lord. It's a big job. And what I felt the Lord say to me was, seek and do my will. It will be hard sometimes, yes, but mostly it will be joy. And even the hardships will be turned to joy. Wrote it down. Okay, remember that, Wayne. Um, January 9th, after we had a difficult board and ministry team meeting, I went back to the Lord. Lord, what are you saying? What's your word to me? Is this, is this from you? Is this a, a you thing? Should I be leading us into this? What came to me quickly? Yes. Go. All right, take the next step. February 6th, I asked the Lord about two options. Lord, are you calling me to stay and lead OTC as it is? Or number two, Jesus, are you calling me to lead OTC to join Hillside? And then I, I wrote those two out, and I got a, this one pointing to the second one. Just leading us to continue to explore this joining of Hillside. February 23rd, Lord Jesus, are you calling us to go to Hillside? Yes. Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, this was, in, this was actually this week. Because I'm, I'm anxious about this, man. It's a big decision. We're on the border. It's scary, right? Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, we are on the border of a huge decision. I am inquiring of you. See, I'm using like the scriptural language. This is important. Should we join Hillside? This is your church, Lord. How are you calling me to lead? That's the area of responsibility I have. How are you calling me to lead? This comes to my mind from Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. I come back. Okay, so go? Yes. Then another clear and unmuddled yes. This is the way it's been with me. That's why. And I'm sorry. I know for some of you, this exploration process, this idea, this thought is hard. It's, it's hurtful. It's difficult. Thank you, son. And, but this is where the God, Lord has been leading me to lead us. So that's what I got to do. That's what you want me to do as a lead pastor. All right. So I'm asking the Lord, listening to his voice in these big decisions. But there's some daily stuff as well. All right? It's not just the big things. Uh, I was coming out of a meeting uh, earlier in this week, and actually, not a meeting, sorry. I dropped off Matthew's school. I was coming back to go work, and I got this idea. I got this thing coming to mind. Go see your parents. Drop in. All right. That's kind of taking me out of the way, Lord. I mean, I just talked to them on the phone recently. No, just go. So I go, and I surprised them. Hopefully they enjoyed that. So I did that uh this week also um it was on my mind to go visit arthur and and then you know i was in the busyness of the day i had a meeting i was leaving that meeting i was driving back home to work and on the way clear as day hey arthur oh oh that's an antioch lord that's a ways do i have time you know i'm not sure go all right (laughs) so i go and it was so cool i get there And Mike Jensen is arriving at the very same time. So I'm laughing because, I okay, God, you're in this. And we see Arthur, and hopefully Arthur was happy to see us. So it's in the small day-to-day stuff as well, if we're listening and we're ready to go with it. I don't have a 100% track record on that. I wish I did, because any time I failed to follow the Lord in those things, I missed out. All right, now, let's do a... For those of you who are a little twitchy about this, hey, just follow the Spirit, voice of Jesus. I don't know. Sounds risky. For those of us who are in that place sometimes, here we go. Step number four, an important step. Test it. Test what you hear. Test what the Lord has brought to your mind. Test it with Scripture, with your left foot, right? Hey, is this this compatible with what Jesus has clearly already said? If not... You might want to ditch it, or at least go to number two. Test it with scripture and mature disciples, not your cousin Freddie who is, you know, living out whatever, doing his own thing. Man, no, like, find some mature disciples who they seem to have a track record of following Jesus. Test it with scripture and mature disciples. First Thessalonians five nineteen through twenty two says, "Do not quench the spirit." Don't make that mistake. Don't cut off your right leg. Don't quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil, anything that isn't compatible with his word. All right. So you got to test the stuff. Test it. Back to this hillside thing. I've been testing that again and again and again. Um, The board is that next level of testing. These are mature disciples. They've heard. They've been praying about it. Two weeks ago, they decide. yes, we think the Lord is calling us to go forward with this. Today, voting members have this, this burden, this, this gift, this opportunity, this responsibility to do what we've been talking about, to come before the Lord, to surrender, to listen to His voice, and to obey, and then we can be confident at the end of the day that the Lord's will was done, right? That's how this works. So we're doing that today. All right. This goes back to your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord today as it is in heaven now next part all that was a waste of time unless we do step five all right step five is choose you got to choose it it's a choice god's given you the burden of choice choose to trust and obey he gives you some direction you might not like it might be difficult often it is because god stretches us He loves you. He wants to grow you into the fullness of his creation for you. We do that as we choose to trust and obey. Here's the recap. When you listen, God speaks. When you obey, God acts. And when God acts, things change for the better. We change. So the band's going to come on up. During this last song, if you're just ready to sing, then stand up and sing. If you just want to sit and wait and be still and listen to the Lord, use this time for that. Feel free to do that. If you're kind of stuck in that and you're like, man, I've tried this, you know, then please come during this last song. Prayer team, they're going to go up there and come and get prayer. Ask them to come alongside you. They're not going to tell you what to do. They're just going to help you Listen to the Lord, what he's saying to you because that's what we all need. Lord God, thank you for this time together. Thank you for my brothers and sisters. Thank you, God, that you are present and you are speaking. Lord, give us ears to hear you. Help us not push you away. Help us trust what you're saying to receive it and to obey. We love you, Lord. We thank you for your commitment to us. Amen.